From the Medical Republic, I'm Francine Crimmins. This is The Tea Room. GPs have long been restricted to being members of either the RACGP or ACRIM, bounded by the fact that historically only these two colleges were able to administer CPD on behalf of their members. But now, with CPD options opening up, there are politically minded doctors who are wanting to start another group for GPs that will have more of a focus on lobbying. Today, Dr Chris Irwin on the Australian Society of General Practice and how they plan to advocate for primary care. Chris Irwin is a GP and practice owner in Victoria. Chris, welcome to the Tea Room. Thank you so much, Francine. Last time I spoke to you, Chris, as a guest on the Medical Republic podcast at the end of 2020, and at the time you were running as a candidate for the RACGP presidential election. Chris, what's happened since that time that's now led you to forming what appears to be a group that will rival that same college? Yes. Yeah, so so the, the first and really most important point, Francine, is that neither myself nor anyone that is passionate about general practice and loves the field has any intention of competing uh, with the RICGP. All we want to do is collaborate uh, and together make general practice stronger. The only difference is that I think we see the reality uh, that the RICGP, for systematic and ideological reasons, is unable to effectively lobby for general practice. And that not only harms general practitioners, it harms our patients. And that's what we're about. Even during the RACGP election, you know, Greg Hunt and the government showed how little respect they had for general practice when they cherry-picked the changes to the ECG rebates, which essentially makes us out to be incapable of actually interpreting ECGs. The uh, RACGP fell once again for the same trick that all politicians make, which is to kick the uh, can down the road and promise that there would be reviewed at some arbitrary point in the future. But the absolute uh, straw on the camel's back for me personally was just the the really poor deal that was struck with the government surrounding the COVID immunisation plan. Because we, we, we have to remember that... Um, <sighs> General practice is not about making money. It's not about profit per se, but we are already in a position in which 97% of medical graduates don't would like to do anything else than general practice. Uh, young doctors now would pr- prefer to spend an eternity on unaccredited registrar nights uh, in, you know, St. Elsewhere Big Hospital than join us. Uh, and I think every time the RACGP chooses martyrdom over sensible and sustainable practice, they don't see that each time they're doing that, they are slowly killing general practice. So Chris, can you tell me a little bit more about this organisation that you're trying to start, the Australian Society of General Practice, or ASGP? What are you trying to do? Uh, We're trying to do everything we can to give patients you know, the world's best healthcare system. And I am a firm believer, and I think every GP stands side by side with me, that 
the best healthcare system has a cornerstone of general practice, a keystone. Uh, it, it is everything that everything else relies on. Uh, but through a complete lack of respect and a lack of strength and a lack of lobbying, our patients' interests are being put behind other interest groups in the health sphere, like the Pharmacy Guild. So the core objectives of the Australian Society of General Practice is to stand up for our patients, to ensure that there is sustainable general practice in the long term in Australia, and ensure that all patients are able to access the world's best healthcare. And uh, to do that, we need to hire professional lobbyists. We need to use all forms of ethical and legal lobbying to make sure our patients' needs come first in Canberra. A lot of people think that change is impossible or change is too hard and that the only future general practice has is one of slow decline. And sadly, a lot of people within the RACGP believe this as well. I, I completely disagree. And I'd like to use the story, for example, of the mining tax in terms of a decade or so ago when Kevin Rudd wanted to put a, a tax on uh, miners. And, and, and we have to get the backstory here. This is essentially a bunch of very rich people who cut out small bits of Australia and sold it overseas. That was their entire business model. There was nothing extremely intellectual or innovative about what miners uh, do. And it took them $20 million, not just to stop a tax on their insane profits, but to bring down an entire government, just $20 million. Put that in perspective. The RACGP has revenue of between 80 to $90 million and a surplus of nearly $10 million a year. Put that in perspective. The, the Pharmacy Guild spends, has a revenue of around $10 million annually. We don't need to spend a fraction of what institutions uh, like the mining lobby, for example, have to do, because we're acting for good and we're acting for rationality. And I completely believe that with a strong, not-for-profit, organized approach with professional lobbying, we will get results for our patients and for general practice. And so, Chris, let's talk numbers, because membership cost is something that GPs have often taken issue with in the past. I was wondering if you could reveal what you're planning to charge for membership. Yeah, absolutely, Francine. So the final numbers have to be approved by the entire board. And so what I'm talking about are rough numbers at the moment. But uh, taking a step back, uh, GPs are suffering. GPs are suffering through stagnant incomes and rising insurance costs, rising membership fees, rising APRA fees. And I know especially uh, that squeeze. Like I, I feel that squeeze along with my colleagues every year. So I really want a solution that can get us far better results, while at the same time, far reducing the financial burden on individual GPs. What we are planning at the moment is around a $500 annual cost uh, for full GP members. 
And what that will give you is the best blimmin' lobbying that will be possible for general practice, while at the same time forming a CPD hub for our members, so that if they choose to no longer be a member of the RACGP or ACRAM or other colleges, they don't have to be. For GP registrars also have no choice but to be a member of the college. We aim for far reduced membership fees for a couple of reasons. One, one, the absolute squeeze on, on registrars has, has never been more severe. But two, GP registrars are the entire future of general practice. General practice registrars are the ones that most will suffer the consequences of inadequate lobbying and sleepwalking into a future in which general practice is not viable. And you did just make a mention of the board of ASGP. Chris, do you mind letting us know what the plan is for the configuration of that board and how you think that that planned configuration might lead to the best outcomes for the organisation in Canberra? Absolutely. So the board will comprise nine members. Eight of those members will be general practitioners. One will be specifically a non-VR general practitioner because non-VR doctors especially have been forgotten and and placed by the wayside, uh, placed in the gutter, uh, and essentially uh, without effective representation either. The initial board will be chosen based on merit by the current members of the group. And after an inaugural board, we will have democratic voting for all of the board positions uh, at a predefined time interval. And in terms of that, I know that with the GP colleges, the majority of seats at the moment are currently occupied by GPs. And I was just wondering how in in terms of advocacy how your organization plans on doing that are you planning to pay for professional lobbyists to do that side of things absolutely so we understand that in the 21st century lobbying is a professional game we see the ricgp every single two years fall into exactly the same trap that they've fallen into previously which is the uh, Minister of Health at the time will come forwards, say, hey, I really want to work with you. Let's do something special together. The president, who has little experience, uh, agrees, and big ideas and plans are announced that are very sparse on detail. The RACGP rushes into those uh, plans without any of the detail, and then by the time they realise that the plan that they've agreed to as a complete dud for general practice and their patients, it's too late to back out. This has happened in the past with healthcare homes, uh, and this has happened just now with the RACGP endorsing the COVID immunisation plan before they even knew any of the details of the plan, uh, which is incredibly naive from a bargaining point of view, and also prevents them from... Uh, coming out against a plan which I'm sure they don't even think is particularly good. And in terms of that, Chris, it's no doubt that you have a massive task ahead of you going up against 
organizations that have been around for years and in in some ways they do come with that history of already having some groundwork laid in Canberra even if that does change with the different presidents every two years. I was wondering if you've had any communication with the two GP colleges, either the RACGP or ACRAM, about what you're trying to do with ASGP and what that response has been so far. Yeah, so change is never easy, Where, especially when you're up against a task of the scale. People try to think of that as some logical dichotomy that because change is hard, therefore we should not try to do it. Uh, and that is something that I reject uh, completely. Once again, this talk of competition with other organizations uh, that represent GPs. We have absolutely no interest in competing with the RACGP, competing with ACRAM, competing with AMA. We want to collaborate with these organizations and make the voice for general practice stronger through that collaboration. At present, we have reached out to uh, the RSCGP and we'll reach out to ACRAM uh, because, as I said, we want to collaborate. We want to build those, those ties. As yet, uh, the RSCGP has been silent, but I would call out to all members of the RSCGP that are listening to talk to their, to their leaders in the RSCGP, talk to their local board members, talk to their local councillors and ask them why they are not reaching out, why they are not collaborating when we can do so much positive change for general practice together. So to finish with Chris, what's the next step in getting ASGP off the ground? So as we speak, the lawyers are going over the constitution and formally uh, founding the not-for-profit organization. So that's what we're doing at the moment. Uh, and we should be an official organization with a, uh, with a temporary board uh, within a week or two. We are putting out expressions of interest to be an inaugural board member. And I would encourage every GP and every non-GP that believes in our vision to apply to be a board member. Because remember, we do have one position for a non-GP board member on our board. And from then, we will be able to take members' fees and we'll be able to officially start the organization. After that, the plan is for a massive grassroots effort within general practice in which we have our voice heard in every single uh, general practice staff room in Australia, that on the ground that we will have people in every, every practice within Australia making GPs understand what we stand for and understand that there is a future that is different to the slow decline of general practice, the current trajectory. Chris, I have to ask, you're a GP who works uh, almost full-time, I believe, in clinical practice, and then you own two practices on top of that. How are you going to manage to do all this and fit it all in? There is a time in life, I think, for working and a time in life for relaxing. Currently in my life, I think that standing up for general practice is more important than relaxing at the moment. So 
I'm reducing my clinical hours to just a few days a week and also creating a structure by which, of course, the as GP is not just one man, it's not one set of hands. It is a group of competent and smart and courageous people that are wanting to do this vision together. It won't be easy, but nothing in life that is worth achieving is easy. Dr. Chris Owen, thank you. No, and thanks so much, Francine. It's always a pleasure.